Hello, and welcome to Tiny Transformations, the podcast where we test out those small changes that people tell us will dramatically change our lives for the better. I'm Cindy Donahue. And I'm Jen Connell. We're your hosts through these experiments on tiny transformations that we hope will result in big changes in our lives. This week's experiment had us journaling for 10 minutes a day at whatever time worked best. So before we get into our, you know, our usual how we enjoyed the experiment or not, um, we're going to just talk about some interesting facts and some of the research that we came up with. So the first fact that I thought was really cool that I found while doing this research actually showed that journaling could have an effect on one's immune response. Um, And I thought this was interesting because normally when you hear of journaling, you understand or hear about like the mental health aspect of it, but it turns out that it potentially could have an impact on your immune system and your physical health. There was a study done where they used um, two groups, one being a group that did emotional release journaling, and the other group was a controlled group who wrote about trivial topics. So to go into what emotional release journaling is, it's when you focus in on a specific event or perhaps a trauma, and it's actually a type of therapy that can help develop coping skills or process Uh, certain information to kind of lend yourself in the healing process. So the study did that with uh, one group and then the other group did trivial topics, basically like, you know, about their day. And that's where the um, differentiation came in in terms of their immune response, which I thought was pretty interesting. One of the other things that I, that came to mind when you were telling me about this research was um, that I read somewhere that historians supposedly like journalers who do a lot of that trivial type of day-to-day journaling because then they get more information about what the day-to-day life was like. Like what did people actually eat for dinner or what color clothing did people wear? But I'm not a historian so I don't know how true that is. (laughs) You know and that's funny. I mean we'll talk more about our our experience in a little bit but you know if you do decide to try the journaling and you're kind of finding yourself in a writing block and that's what you end up writing about you can just say to yourself that you are contributing to the what do I want to say the uh the historical understanding yeah of you know people of this time (laughs) and then maybe that journal will be found one day by some anthropologist somewhere oh that's scary that's a scary (laughs) thought um another uh thing that I found was that journaling can help with developing clarity, improving problem solving, or just keeping things in perspective. And this all makes sense to me just because the process of writing things down or typing them out or speaking them, if you do journaling in in a variety of different forms, but in the process of doing that, you need to take your emotional response and translate it into words. Like there's not really, I mean, you can just write ah or something like that to convey anger, but to really write about a problem, you need to translate it, a lot of those feelings and things into words. And sometimes by doing that, your view on things can change. So I don't know that for most people or for everyone that journaling would be a replacement for therapy, but I know that for me, one aspect that I do get out of therapy sometimes is that same concept of just putting my feelings about things into words and viewing it more clearly in that way. And really articulating yeah. what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if that, I mean, we could 
probably get really deep into like the psychological aspect of of doing that articulation and then uh, like you said I wonder if you under you then understand yourself more because mm -hmm. you've put it in a different format hmm, that's right. interesting there's also a uh, a social psychologist by the name of James W. Pennebaker at the University of Texas in Austin who has studied writing therapy uh, very extensively. And he said that journaling can be a form of organization and helps us, like we mentioned earlier, make sense of events or trauma and can help free our mind from the job of having to process that event or trauma mentally. Uh, journaling can improve our working memory, free up our thoughts, and allow for us to enhance our coping skills. I thought this was interesting because I felt it could apply in any situation. It doesn't necessarily mean that journaling is only for people who might have to work through something traumatic, but it could apply in your daily life where maybe you are having a challenge, let's say in your job, or in a relationship and just by writing it down and, and writing your thoughts about it, you could potentially kind of get to your conclusions a bit faster and a bit more concise um, rather than kind of like the way I picture it is almost like you're letting your thoughts kind of jumble around in your head unorganized. But if you put it down on paper, it might start to make more sense to the writer. So I thought that was pretty cool. The other thing that I thought was interesting about that was that it, was the idea of it just freeing up space in your head because sometimes there are things where there's not a conclusion or an improvement to be made but it's just like occupying space in your head and by getting it out it, you can kind of free up that mental space and that fits also with the idea of bullet journaling or just making lists or, or to-do lists or whatever with this idea of just freeing up the mental space that you're occupying with like a to-do list so that you can use it for other tasks. Um, and so I've been a big, I guess, I guess bullet journaler, but like in the like not fancy version of like, I just need to write down everything or I'm not going to do it version. So I've done that mm -hmm. for a long time, um, but haven't been a big journaler. I totally agree with that. I, and it's funny because I didn't really think of list making as a form of journaling until doing this experiment. But I really do love making lists. I'm a big fan <laughs> of post-it notes. I have tons of post-it notes all over the place. But that really does help alleviate like the anxiety of having to remember stuff. Yeah. And and so maybe and journaling kind of in the way we did the experiment is is like a next level of that yeah yeah no my my assumption with like remembering things at this point is if I've I have to remember it I'm just not going to and it it comes from I mean from just age and like practice but like doing academic research there'd be lots of th of times where you do an experiment and you're like oh that's important like and critical and like or maybe not even not critical, but like, it's just something where you're like, oh, I'll remember that. Like, that's obvious. I'll remember that part of this protocol or whatever. And then you go back to do that protocol two months later and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know there's a key step missing, but I don't remember what. Right. So just write down everything <laughs> that you need to remember. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I found about journaling is that like many of these other experiments that we've done this season for stress busting, journaling is most effective when it's done consistently. And I mean, this makes sense to me that it's a daily or whatever consistency if somebody else sets it up differently, like a daily time to 
dump these emotions out and move on potentially um, versus something you do occasionally isn't going to have as, as lasting an effect. And also like if you only do it occasionally, it's not a habit. And then remembering to do it can also be its own stressor. Right. And this idea of journaling being a habit just kind of resonated with me because I do remember I, I used to journal a lot as a kid, but then I kind of like fell off, I think around high school and I kept trying to restart and I'd buy myself pretty notebooks and stuff and I'd try to restart in high school and college and afterwards and it's it's just been really hard for me to restart until now Mm -hmm. this is even though I know like people in my life like my sister who have kept really good journals through time Um, but it's once you get out of the habit it's hard (laughs) yeah definitely well, it's, you know, thinking back to like when we were in high school, we had our own journal that we kept together. Yes. Yes. That and, was fun. Yeah, that was. And we would. So for our listeners, um, myself and Jen and another friend, uh, I think maybe one or two other friends. I think it was up to four at one point, potentially, potentially. I can't quite remember. I don't but know. It was mostly the two of us, but some mostly the two of us joined in. We had but a we had a notebook back and forth. <laughs> And it was fun because it kind of kept us connected, I feel like, throughout our school day. Yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of related to exp- to experiences, but not really. But I'm gonna, showing Cindy the journal, quote unquote, that I used for this is a composition notebook like the one we used to have. And I covered the front of it in stickers. So it looks very reminiscent of the one that we passed back and forth in high school. Yes. Just covered in nonsense. That's awesome. The journal that we had, um, I've we've... Jen and I definitely went through a whole Lord of the Rings like phase <laughs> because <laughs> the movies came out when we were in high school and we also read the books in class and we became obsessed with the characters and there was a lot of like printing out pictures off of the internet which at the time the internet was not really high resolution and we would decoupage <laughs> these pictures <laughs> onto our notebooks but I definitely think that was that was uh, a form of journaling that was really quite fun and I think the act of writing stuff down physically was also you know a release of some kind mm-hmm. that makes sense so we've talked a lot about the potential benefits or and good side of journaling and we do want to acknowledge that there are some struggles that some people may have um, and even some potential drawbacks to journaling so if you are a perfectionist and take that into your journaling, it can hinder your ability to actually use it as a release if you're worrying about the structure of every sentence and paragraph and things. So if you do want to journal, I recommend trying to leave your perfectionism out of it. Also, um, individuals with different abilities may find it challenging in different ways. There's a lot of different options, though, that can address that. I know I did mine longhand, but I don't. I don't know if you also like wrote yours out your journaling out longhand Cindy but you can also type or do audio or even video or any like there's a variety of options out there so people with different abilities can hope if if they're interested find different ways of journaling effectively for themselves and then just something to be aware of if you do go into attempting to do some journaling is that if you only ever journal about negative thoughts you may end up reinforcing those negative feelings so just be aware of that when you're doing it and if you feel like all you're doing is reinforcing your negative feelings then you may need to adjust the way that you're you are journaling those are all really good points to keep in mind yeah for these two weeks we committed to journaling for 10 minutes a day after this break we'll talk about our results 
Cindy, what was your experience like with this experiment? Um, so I will say one of my biggest concerns was prompting myself. For the first few days, I tried to specifically write about stress, even though I didn't necessarily particularly feel stressed out. And so I kept running into kind of having a writer's block. And then I would just journal seemingly meaningless dribble, such as, I heard the new Taylor Swift song today. It's not bad. Or, work was good. I like my boss. And these phrases don't particularly resonate with any kind of actual emotional release journaling um, and certainly didn't like come across to me as something that was like, is this going to have an impact? Am I really making a difference here with my, you know, what I'm trying to do? So random, totally unrelated to journaling, but Spotify did their whole, did the end of the year facts about your listening habits. My friend Tom was in the top 0.05% of Taylor Swift listeners. Yes. I, I, I always like Tom. Tom, if you're listening, I'm, I'm a Swifty Rithia buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, his, it's his working music when he's like get, doing work. But anyway. oh, Okay. So Taylor, Taylor Swift is Tom's muse. Got it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh. So when I started to think of journaling more as a space to work out challenges or ask questions, I realized it could be more of a tool. And like, you could ask the question and you don't have to have the answer because you're just, you're just putting it down on paper. Like you could even say really stupid crap like, well, I don't understand why so-and-so at work, you know, thought this way. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all the thought that you need to have. Like you don't need to solve your problems while journaling it's just simply to put your thoughts down yeah yeah um so what time of day did you end up doing your journaling for this experiment at night right before bed so completely opposite from you which is interesting i think um that we like just which is also opposite of how we did it for gratitude journaling because for gratitude journaling i did mine at bed and you did yours first thing in the morning and here i did mine first thing in the morning and you did yours at bed yeah yeah, you know what? I didn't even think, I didn't even remember that. But yeah, that's interesting. I guess because I had this like notion that the journaling was supposed to be like this recap of the day and I was taking my thoughts and putting them to bed before okay. I went to bed. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have to think about them. I mean, didn't that does make sense. Work, but I, I, thought, I thought the idea was, you know, sound at the time. So I did have an instance where... Um, There was a challenge at work and I wrote down some thoughts on how I wanted to present certain stuff to higher ups in the organization. Um, And so I wrote this stuff down and I wrote some questions and you might be thinking, well, why would you be writing about work stuff then and like trying to solve this work problem? But I found that it was really hard for me to think about this stuff actually during work hours Mm -hmm. because I'm like doing and like executing on things and then I finally had like time where I turned work off I went and did other stuff and then I had actually time to like think about the problem and then I just wrote those things down so I thought that was an interesting use of the of the time to um to journal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I do also think it's a good time to, to ask self-serving questions. Like, you you don't have to be nice in your journal. <laughs> right. If you can't be self-serving in your journal, when can you be self-serving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you could and use all the horrible language that you want. Like, if you someone thought that someone was, you know, a horrible thing at work and you just, like, couldn't stand them, go ahead and write it down. No one else is going to read it. I mean, I'd be careful about, like, where you do your journaling, like, Perhaps don't do it on a shared drive somewhere and certainly don't do it on your work <laughs> computer. But if you have paper and pen and that's your format. And it doesn't down what you house. need to write down. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, and go I mean, ahead. Write down what you need to write down and you don't even ever have to go look at it again. Like it might be yeah. a good idea for you to never go look at it again, but just getting it out there. Right. And then you can say your piece and then, you know what, you might not really actually mean that, but in that moment, it in was that what moment, you needed to say. That's it. And then you can put it to bed. And then you don't have to carry that feeling around with you. Yep. yep. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So, Jen, what was your experience with our experiment? <laughs> yes. Um, so, like I said, when we were talking about time of day, I did my journaling first thing in the morning. So, I would typically sit down with my coffee and my notebook and I would just write whatever. And it in an ideal world, I would have done this before my kids got up, but like realistically, that happened like once, maybe twice. Most of the time, they got up first. Anywhere from 4 to 7 a.m. That's when my kids children get up. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they, get, they get weird sometimes. But yeah, so I'd sit down with my coffee and I'd write while they were puttering around on their own in the morning. I did kind of just a total brain dump. I was inspired by the idea of morning pages from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. This is like a 25-year-old book that's a guide on helping people tap into their creativity and their creative process. I haven't done the whole book, I've read, but I've read the introductory chapters and have heard good things about morning pages generally. And so morning pages is one of the core exercises in the book. And she says that every day you should write three pages longhand stream of consciousness. Like doesn't matter what you write, just dump on the page. Um, and the idea I think is similar to what we talked about before, where it's just, you're just getting it out of your head. So it's not taking up space in your head. Um, and so I would write some days about things that were causing me anxiety, things that were annoying me. Sometimes it was about ideas for future projects or ways to organize my thoughts on future projects. Or sometimes it was like, why did the children wake up at 4 a.m.? People should still be sleeping at 4 a.m. So it, I just, yeah, had stream of conscious kind of whatever popped in. It was a little bit funny as, as time went on because I was sitting there doing this every morning. And I'm, I'm actually still doing this. Um, but I would sit there and do it every morning. And so my sis my daughter would sometimes come up to me at the table and want stuff to write on. And I would just, like, sometimes try to just give her regular paper. And eventually it was clear to me that that was not okay. And she needed her own notebook to quote unquote write in, which is just like scribbles because she's four. But it was, it was entertaining <laughs> that she wanted to be writing also. And I went in and looked at our data for these experiments and uh, in the data, journaling did have um, a significant decrease in my perceived stress scale and also my daily stress results. The journaling brought those numbers both down significantly compared to the baseline. But for you, Cindy, it looks like looking at those numbers, it was pretty much the same as the baseline. Yeah, pretty much the same. So based on all of that that we've talked about, what is your conclusion then, Cindy, about this tiny transformation? And do you think you're going to stick with it? 
This isn't something I am going to do every day, even though, you know, research shows that habits are really better if they're done daily. Um, but I think I will use it in terms of working through specific challenges or solutions. Um, this way I don't end up writing a lot about Taylor Swift. And <laughs> <laughs> no shame um, in writing lots about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I am a Swifty, so, um, but I think it's a good place to ask kind of stupid questions and it, coming back to them or not coming back to them and or closing the loop or helping process situations. I do think journaling is a really well documented and researched form of stress busting, so I would recommend it for people to try it um, if they haven't done so already. And perhaps I'll give it a give it a go if the uh, opportunity presents itself. Jen, what do you think about this experiment? Are you going to stick with it? Yeah, I really enjoyed this experiment, actually more than I was expecting to. And I've um, kept it up in between the time that we did this experiment and that we're recording this episode, which I think ends up being probably the longest that I've journaled consistently in a very, very long time, in well over a decade. And I think that the version that I'm doing, which is just that, like I talked about, mental dump of literally anything I feel like writing first thing in the morning has been good. And I did kind of have dual motivation for doing that. I am interested in this idea of improving creativity and need to dive more into that. And Morning Pages is a recommended tool for doing that. But I think that the data shows that my stress levels went down compared to baseline and that sort of makes sense to me. There wasn't anything major in either the baseline or this experiment, so it seems like a comparable time frame. Actually, if anything, I think we had child care hiccups during this experiment, so that's added stress, and my level still went down. So I do mm -hmm. recommend journaling. I just think you need to be conscious of the type of journaling that you're choosing to do, and if you... I think for a long time I tried to do like I need to write a summary of my day and like it turns out that just doesn't work for me but just like dumping on a page helps me so right <laughs> well that's all we have for this episode of tiny transformations thanks for listening notes and links for the things we talked about in this episode can be found on our website tinytransformationspodcast.com we're starting a blog there as well to keep you updated on things we might not talk about in the podcast you can also follow us on Instagram at Tiny Transformations Podcast. If you have thoughts on this transformation or ideas for future experiments, you can email us at tinytransformationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our website. If you have thoughts about this transformation or ideas for future experiments, you can email us at tinytransformationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy our show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in whatever system you're using to listen to us. Tiny Transformations is written and hosted by Cindy Donahue and Jen Connell. Karen Darger is our producer. The music in this episode is Wholesome by Kevin McLeod, used under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Go out and try your own transformations. And remember that tiny transformations can lead to big results.